and there's so many things that happen as we age. I remember in my 40s, and I was teaching yoga, and I think, and I would make a comment. They would say, oh, yeah, just you wait. And not that I'm that old yet, but as we age, there's definitely more things that come up. So we're going to have more potential uh, to actually have that opportunity to overcome. And yes. so the more things we overcome, then we feel proud of ourselves that we're able to overcome. And something, something Plato said, he said, now that I'm older, I've, I've lost not just one, but many masters. Welcome to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. I am Debbie Robinson, your host and guide on your Stronger Bones Lifestyle journey. Today we have Dr. Lauren Fishman with us. He is a medical director of Manhattan Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation in New York City. He is an author of 12 books and has authored over 100 peer-reviewed articles. He is a pioneer in the treatment of piriformis syndrome, low back, yoga for osteoporosis, and he works with scoliosis and has ongoing clinical trials to help patients with scoliosis. He spent three years in India before going to medical school, and he has used yoga in his patients in many areas to help them with osteoporosis and other physical issues that they may have. Today, we are fortunate to have Dr. Lauren Fishman with us. Dr. Fishman is going to discuss restless leg syndrome and give us some of the tools that he has used in some of his patients and on himself to cure restless leg syndrome. All right, Dr. Fishman, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And today we are going to be discussing restless leg. Is it less restless leg syndrome? Yes, restless leg syndrome. Now, here's what it is. You're, usually it happens at night. You're lying down, ready to go to bed, and then you feel some buzzing, some vibration, some unsettling sensation in your legs. And then you move your leg and it goes right away, only to return 10 or 15 seconds later. And so you move your leg again. And then it happens again. And it can keep you up for hours at night. And there are medicines for it. Uh, that work uh, on your brain, and they are somewhat effective. But I know a cure that so far has never failed. I've done it on, I'd say, scores of people, maybe 35, 40 people. And I had this myself, which is how I first figured it out. And let me tell you what the cure is. It's a talking cure. Think of the nature of desire. What is it? Well, desire comes in waves, if you ever think about it. If you're quitting smoking, you want a cigarette, and then it goes away from it, and then it comes back again. It goes away, then it comes back again. Sort of like the physicists talk about waves of gravity. Never mind. There are waves of desire. And what you do, you don't do it all at once. One time when you're lying there in bed and the desire comes to move the foot because of the vibrations, you say, I'm going to hold off just one time and see what happens. And so you withstand those vibrations and you don't move your leg. And then the vibrations come again three seconds later and you move your leg. All right, you give in, you do it. And then maybe the next time, maybe it's the next day, you try to withstand it 
for two waves. So the first wave comes and you don't do anything. The second wave comes and you somehow are able to withstand The third wave comes, you say, all right, I'm moving my leg. I'm not going to be a hero. And what you find with desire itself, it's like this. Wave comes, stronger wave comes, an even stronger wave comes. And then the next wave maybe is a little less. And then the next wave is even less. And the third is even less. And then it's gone. That's the way desire works. So your goal is to, over the course, you could do it one night or it might take you three months to delay your movement. First, one wave, then two waves, and then eventually you didn't delay it enough so that one, the next wave, my goodness, it's smaller than the one before. It's less, I'm less tempted now than I was before. So it gets easier. And then the second wave comes again, even smaller yet. And the third wave comes and you've withstood it. And it's gone. And if you withstand it, strange to relate, one time, it will not come back. Or if it does, you do it again. Maybe you have to do it twice. Maybe you have to do it. I mean, this would be a very unusual case, three times. And then it's gone. Wow. So I'm thinking this is mind over matter. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, it won't matter. <laughs> this is in a way mind over mind because it's all going on up here. The vibrations, the whole thing. But but interestingly, to understand what's going on in in placebo work up at Harvard, they have a whole building devoted to understanding what is the placebo response. I give you a pill and there's nothing in it but sugar, but you get twenty five percent better. How does it work? Well, they're finding pathways in the brain that actually are that suggestible and actually affect the way you feel about whatever it is you're suggesting. And those pathways are almost identical with the pathways utilized in restless leg syndrome. So they are perhaps uniquely susceptible to this type of treatment. Is this a placebo treatment? No, this is a genuine bona fide treatment, but it works along those pathways. In other words, you are teaching yourself not to have those feelings. Never mind the response. You use the absence of a response, and that deters and eventually eliminates the feelings to which you were giving the response. You just have to try it, and it may take you a while. I think I've given an adequate description of it right here. In case there isn't, in the book I wrote called Healing Yoga, I, I, I say almost exactly what I said here, I think. I published about, I don't know, years ago, but it's it's got this stuff in it. Yeah, I did a little research before our discussion and and I've heard of restless leg and I think I've definitely had that at some point. So I was looking up what is it or what do we know about it? And they were saying that dopamine is a player in restless yeah. leg. Oh, yeah. And they give medicines that sometimes they're okay, but they have strange mental side effects sometimes too. And I'm, as usual, I'm against the medicines unless you absolutely need it. If you try my method and for some reason it doesn't work, the medicines are better than nothing, you know? Oh, hold on, I'll tell you. Well, we've got the medicine called yoga. And actually That's some right. of the some of what's recommended or some of what helps restless leg is meditation. And and listening to music, meditation. These are some of the sleep exercise. Mm-hmm. So I would say that yoga is really 
And and that's kind of what you're talking about. We're talking about mental yoga, which all yes. yoga, well, most yoga is mental. <laughs> yes. No, I'm quite on that, that street, you know, because the yoga, you know, many things have unusual f- effects that you didn't bargain for. But the ones that yoga have, they're all... Uh, advantageous. I don't know. I can't think of a negative side effect of yoga. People don't even fall and hurt themselves. It's extremely rare that anything bad happens to you from yoga. It's extremely rare. Yeah. And I was also wondering about minerals. I remember I asked you once years ago in something, I don't know if we were in a class, if I was in one of your workshops or something, but Mm -hmm. I asked about cramps and mm-hmm. you you mentioned some of the causes of cramps could be dehydration, minerals, and uh, tightness in the calves or in the legs. Mm-hmm. And so when I was looking at restless leg, I was wondering if there was a correlation there. And I was looking to see if there was minerals involved, if, if minerals or dehydration at all could play a role in restless leg. I think you could get restless leg if you didn't have enough calcium it, you, you, or, or enough. That would be magnesium, too. You, there are different electrolytes that that could get you into trouble with uh, something like restless leg. It wouldn't be exactly restless leg, but it would would feel the same way. The medicines they're using are things like Mirapex, Nupro, N-E-U-P-R-O, and Mirapex, M-I-R-A-P-E-X. And these work on the dopaminergic parts of the brain. And uh, like anything that works on the dopaminergic parts of the brain, they uh, they can make you feel dumber. <laughs> I mean, you really do feel, are you actually dumber? I don't know. But you feel that way, and probably you feel that way you are. So I, I'm, I'm against them. But and, and there are minerals that, if they're deficient, they won't give you exactly restless leg, but they'll keep you up at night because of cramps more than restless leg. Um, the restless leg is a, looks to be a sheerly neurological phenomenon. Okay, so that's why when you're talking about this remedy that you have, that is all neurological. It's all neurological. Yeah, it's, really. And it's so simple. And nobody even has to know you're doing it. <laughs> that's a nice thing. If your husband or wife is lying next to you in bed, they don't have to know that you're uh, you know, confronting your desires and trying to sort of uh, control your responses to the desire and which has a very interesting effect. It actually controls the desire. Yeah. And that's actually very empowering when you can overcome something. When, oh and, boy, is it. And there's so many things that happen as we age. I remember in my forties and I was teaching yoga and I think, and I would make a comment, they would say, oh yeah, just you wait. And not that I'm that old yet, or <laughs> I, well, I, you know, this is ageless, right? We're ageless. But as we age, there's definitely more things that come up. So we're going to have more potential uh, to actually have that opportunity to overcome. And yes. so the more things we overcome, then we feel proud of ourselves that we're able to yeah. overcome. And something, something Plato said, he said, now that I'm older, I've, I've lost not just one, but many masters. <laughs> there's the obvious one and the not so obvious ones. Yeah. So some of the other things that I was looking at for restless leg, because this is so neurological, when it was speaking about dopamine, dopamine, it it also said there were some studies done on some of this gut species because dopamine is, um, I think it said 50% of dopamine was uh, produced in the gut. So gut health 
is going to play an impart. I, I run functional labs. I run stool labs on clients and mineral labs um, on ladies with osteoporosis to help them metabolically take charge of their bone health. So not only do I bring in the yoga for the physical aspects, I run functional labs to help uh, manage some of the um, root causes. I look at food sensitivities. I look at gut health. And when I was looking at the dopamine in, in the gut, some of the species that they were um, naming that are producing dopamine are the species that come up on this stool lab that I run. Mm. I found that to be really interesting. Well, uh, so, interesting. I mean, they, nobody understands it yet, but the, the gut, the, uh, the intestine is the greatest endocrine organ in our bodies. I'm not talking about what it secretes into its own tube. I'm talking about what it secretes outward to the systemic circulation. There's so many hormones that come out of it. They haven't even got names from it. They call them M, L, you know, R. You know, they don't know what to do. And they have fabulous effects on everything. That's all. Only on everything. You know, your pain, your alertness, your muscle strength, your urine, you know, you name it. It has an effect. Nail growth, you know. Which is like bones, right? Because nails and bones and teeth are made out of. So it's, it, with osteoporosis, it's the yeah, gut is a real big place to look at. Actually, a derivative from hair. Nails. Glutinated hair that makes for your nails. I mean, it's the same type of cells and, you know, coming out the same way in the uh, part of the ectoderm. So it's, they're not like they're, the bones are mesoderm. I mean, different okay. in the embryo and how they develop into us, you know. But it's uh, uh, it definitely has a correlate in the gut, you know. Yeah, there's another a new name that's coming out with all the you know all of our understanding and research called the endobolome, e n d o b o l o m e, which uh -huh. is estrogen in the gut. And mm -hmm. so I've been trying to learn more about that with women with osteoporosis, really trying to, for those of us in menopause, menopausal females, we need to do the best we could do with whatever estrogen we have left. So <laughs> yeah. if, if healing the gut is going to be a part of that. But the other things about restless leg that came up were sleep and, you know, uh, there's yoga nidra, which is emulating sleep or bringing the body into that state of sleep to get that deep repairing and restoring. So that's another yoga practice. Yeah. Well, the East, all over the East, I think it's in China and Japan and Korea also, they, they make many more gradations. I mean, we American, you know, we Westerners, there's being awake and then there's being asleep. And that's about it. I mean, we know being knocked out like in a prize fight is not the same as sleep, but it's certainly not awake. And that's about as far as we go with it. But uh, in the East, they have all kinds of wonderful gradations between so sanity and sleep. Many different ones. And Yoga Nidra reaches down uh, several levels. You know, you can watch yourself descend if you do it. It's a beautiful practice. Man, what was his name? It wasn't such a vivid. It was... I can't think of Satya Satyananda wrote a beautiful short book in which he describes yoga nidra and he does his yoga nidra, which is beautiful. And uh, uh, I don't know if it would help with a uh, restless leg, but it helps with restless person. <laughs> um, so Dr. Fishman, is sanity considered full alert awakeness and sleep is the opposite? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, you could also say in this crazy world, true alertness is insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. One of the other things for restless leg is music. And as you were, so in yoga, 
mantras or what I think of in, in a way with music. And you actually were doing these if you're self-talk, right? Your self-talk, I'm not going to shake my leg or I'm not going to give in to my leg. Mm -hmm. There's almost mm -hmm. a little like self-talk, self-mantra going. And mantra, mon means mind, tool means, um, tra means tool. Mantras are mind tools. So you mm -hmm. had this, your own little mantra. I'm not, what did you say? I'm not going to shake my leg. I'm not going to move my leg. What was the what were the words you said to yourself? You're trying to strengthen your 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 muscle to you know what Mark Twain said. I can withstand. I can resist anything except temptation. <laughs> you know, and you just you don't resist it too much. You get that's you know it's too heroic. It's too big a deal. Resist it a little bit at a time. Get that muscle stronger so you can resist it. You won't have to go very far. You get very good at it rather quickly, and then you'll find that by Possibly by having confidence in your own ability to resist it, the phenomenon disappears. That seems to be the way. It is. Sort of the you know what Franklin D. Roosevelt said: "We have nothing to fear but fear itself." Yeah. This is like that. This is like that. You, you when you resist the desire, the desire disappears. The way the fear disappears when you no longer fear fear itself. So what were the words you were saying to yourself then? You said the desire comes up. So restless leg is a desire to move the leg. Yes. And so your your thought, what were you saying to yourself? I'm not going to move it. I'm just, let's see what happens if I don't move my leg. Okay. You know, it's going to get truly unbearable or what? And I, this is what I did when I had it. I said, you know, I got interested in it. You know, hey, let's see what happens. What, what is this vibration trying to tell me, you know? So I, let, I just let it go once, and I, I stood it rather easily. So I said, yeah, let me see if that would happen again. And it wasn't very many times. Maybe there were three waves of it, and then it started to diminish and diminish further and was gone. And I waited for it to happen again. It never happened again. Wow. And so I tried it on someone with absolutely no insight, all right? He was a uh, – I hope he's not listening. He was a <laughs> pilot in the uh, uh, Korean uh, – the Vietnam War. And he was so afraid of sharks that he carried a little cyanide capsule with him. If he saw the telltale black fin, he was going to take the cyanide and kill himself. I mean, this man was not ready to have psychotherapy. You know, he was, you know, put it and lay, lay, the, lay the cash on the, on the, on the barrel or, or go out. You know, he was not someone with insight, self-knowledge, introspection. And it worked on him. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it'll work. And I've tried it not that many times, maybe you know, 30 times in my life. You know, people come to me and they say, Doc, drive something very unusual. And they talk to me about it and I tell them what to do and they do it and it goes away. It's very interesting. And I, I strongly encourage you to do it. Yeah. And what's the side effect? I suppose you could have abject feelings of self-worth or low self-worth if you weren't able to withstand uh, the vibrations. That's about it. Well, then maybe they could look deeper. We could go into gut health and they could start looking there. Yeah, uh, yeah th this is this is great because all of these little things that happen to us in our lives, the more that we can uh, minimize them, then the, that improves the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And your feelings of self-mastery. Yeah. Which is, is sort of like the the, the cure that cures, that cures the cause, you know, the working on the effect that cures the cause, which is what we're doing here. But uh it, it emboldens you to do things that you might not have tried before, to step off of the sidewalk and get out there in the mainstream and do something of, of redeeming social value in your life. 
Yeah. And then when you realize the power of your mind, because this is going to bring that up, then you will be more inclined to start to try other things mm-hmm. and to not look for the pill for everything. Because I, I think that's what we've been trained. It just seems to be that that's what's happened. We, we There's a pill for that. You know, when medicines were being discovered whenever, you know, last hundred years, we always would look for a pill. And I know that my parents' generation, everything is about go to the doctor, get a pill, go to the doctor, get a pill. You know, you're sick, go get an antibiotic. And so we have to move away from that because we, medicine's not going to cure everything. No, it's just, uh, you know, we have to say, I mean, in many ways, I'm a dead opponent of the pharmaceutical industry, but they have done some wonderful things. Think of the cure of polio, smallpox, you know, millions of people, maybe hundreds of millions of people have led so much better lives because of the pharmacy. Look what they did with COVID in a year. You know, there was the epidephonic encephalitis in the 1920s, uh, the Spanish disease. Nobody knew how to cure it. Many people either died or became permanently disabled, lost their intellect or their personality or both. And uh, the pharmaceutical, you know, these guys have really done some wonderfully good things that have never, as far as I know, have never been approached in in the history of, of the world. And now they're plunging in one level deeper beyond DNA. They're looking at, as you, you called it, the interobome biome, the interior biome. What's going on in here? You know, the yogis often use this example. They say, be still. Be as still as a, as a candle in a windless place. And you picture this flame pointing straight up and not wavering. But... If you think about it for a second, what's going on inside that flame? There are convections and conductions and oxidations and all kinds of a maelstrom of activity is in there. Am I right? Well, the same is true of us. (laughs) It's not just that our hearts are beating and the blood is flowing. All kinds of things are going on, you know, well beyond anything we could either consent or refuse. And we're learning at a deeper level than ever before. The more still we are, the more we allow the body to go into its desire for homeostasis. We're in that parasympathetic branch. We allow repair, healing, restoring, rebuilding to take place. So we can become that still flame and allow that repair work to take place inside. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we, I mean, from this is more yogic. And I know that that's what you think too. But when you say a windless, like in a windless environment, but what we live in is such a windful environment, right? We have so much coming at us. We have so much sensory input that we are so we are relatively still. And and I wonder if, in some ways, Doctor Fishman, because this discussion is on restless leg, I sometimes think that when people have trouble sleeping, it's because if you don't find stillness throughout the day, if you don't find calm, then when you finally do stop your body, when you put on the brakes and you're no longer moving, there's like this reverberation and this still movement that's taking place from the day. You know, you're thinking about all these things, or I wonder if restless leg is kind of like a, you know, mm-hmm. maybe unplayed. Yeah. Restless mind syndrome. That's what some people have to stop them from sleeping. I mean, sleep, as you get older, the parts of your brain that promote and perpetuate sleep suffer. They get smaller, they get less active, 
and lack and you know sleeplessness is it, it's like osteoporosis it is an illness of the older i mean plenty of young people have insomnia too but it's sort of you know almost reliably going to be there as you get older and there are yogic methods for that maybe we should have another little session once where we talk i have a yoga method for sleep that it's failed a couple of times failed on a friend and but it has had spectacularly positive results. And maybe next time we can talk about that. Yeah, that's great. I love how our conversations lead into what's next. So that would be great because there's a lot of research coming out on sleep and the value of sleep. And honestly, one of the ways to heal restless leg is to sleep. So it's even one of the recommended. There was a study that came out of University of Virginia lately that talked about the, there's, is it called the glyphoid system? There's something in the brain. The the glyphoid. Yeah, there's, there was research out of Virginia on that with sleep. There's a woman at the University of Wisconsin uh, named Ladergore, Elizabeth Ladergore, a Danish woman, who uh, discovered that when you see, you see the brain doesn't have lymph in it. I mean, if it did, then the neurons would be so far apart, separated by the lymph, they couldn't connect with each other. The brain would lose its function entirely. So when you sleep... The glial cells, G-L-I-A-L, this is why it becomes glymph, but the G comes from glial, uh, open up and admit water, kind of like the service road on, on, a, on a superhighway. The, the, the connections are still there, but it's flowing along each side of them are now uh, channels where lymph fluid flows in. You've got a lymph system. That's what your sleep does. And... Um, you know, the process of thinking, imagining, fearing, getting excited, all produce certain byproducts that become toxic in sufficient concentration. So the glymph system opening up this water, it, it washes it out of the, the brain, just the way the tide coming in can clean a beach. Then it swoops out again and carries with it all the plastic toys and bottle wrappers and everything else. Uh, they get carried out. And so it is with the metabolic products of, of the brain. TCA, you know, there are different, different products that come out of the brain that slow it down. And that's what makes you feel fatigued. And so a little sleep, you know, what does Shakespeare say that knits the, the raveled sleeve of care? That's what it does. And I so, just I love the way you speak. I love the eloquence. Sometimes I need a dictionary for some of the words you say, but I love how you oh, make references God. to all I'm these. Such a nerd. I'm telling you. Uh, I, I love it. I love it, though. Well, doctor, yeah, that's that's great. Okay, so we will we'll have a discussion on sleep because that's great. You just made me think of sleep is like giving your brain a bath. Exactly, and then you yeah. let the water out of the bath. Yeah. The brain stays, and the water goes. That's really yes. great. So yes, let's 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 discuss that. I, I mean, the, I love speaking with you, and I think that the women that Thank are listening you. really love to hear this. I mean, they they want to hear this because they're you know the fifteen minute office visit with a doctor with a diagnosis, and then they leave. And it's like, now what? No. So. Medicine has turned for many people from a profession, from a, uh, a calling to an industry, you know, profession, like being an actor or something else. You, you know, it's 3.30, I'm signing out. You know, they yeah. don't. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, I go to see my dermatologist. I choose the early uh, visit. I go there at 7, 7.30. And I just say, I just think, wow, he's got like, 40 more people to see after me, 40 more smiles to put on, to walk into the office, 
you know, he's doing a, a pretty high volume. And mm -hmm. so I just, I, when I go and see him, I just think, wow, what would that be like day in and day out? Yeah. I'm the opposite. I, I smile. I really like my patients and I see each one for an hour. Oh, wow. Everybody I see for an hour, you know, the first time and the second time, sometimes it's an hour or two, but anyway, it's half an hour. No, I, I don't do that. I, I refuse to do it. Okay. I love you know? that. So you're, you're licensed in New York only. Yeah. Okay, but so I, I, mean, I zoom with people all over the world all okay. the time. Okay. So and that's good to know. Usually, usually those are shorter, but I do them all the time. If it lasts an hour, it lasts an hour. I, I apportion an hour. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll write that down in the show notes okay. because that's, yeah, well, really, and that's, women are looking for physicians that will give them the answers. I don't want to say give them the answers they want to hear, but not give just like, give them, give them, the give, them give them the information and give them options and empower mm -hmm. them and let, and really, really let them know what is possible that they can do. We don't want to feel powerless. We don't want it to be that here's your diagnosis, whatever that is, and feel powerless that we have nothing to do. Okay, now tell me what I can do. And that's what they want to hear. I've had more than one patient say to me, I refuse, they, I have osteoporosis. And the doctor told me I should take this medicine. And when I refused, he said, either you take the medicine or you find another doctor. In other words, the doctor didn't even give himself any or herself any options. You know, they said, you know, I won't do, there's nothing else I want to do and I won't see you anymore. Well, they're, they're not a yogi like you. They didn't study with Dr. Iyengar. They don't have the, the practice that you have and, and, and the knowledge of how effective this is. So yeah, it really, it really works. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Fishman, thank you once again for sharing your wisdom with us. Pleasure. Yeah. See you soon. All right. Very nice. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. Bone loss is not an inevitable part of aging. We don't have to just wait for it to happen. There is so much that you can do. And that is what you will learn each week on the show. Go to my website, DebbieRobinson.com. If you want more information about what was shared in today's episode, at the bottom of this episode in the show notes, there will be links to whatever was shared. Please subscribe to this podcast share this podcast with your friends, your family, or any women that you think may be interested or benefit from the information we're sharing. Please rate the podcast. And if you have any questions you'd like asked or answered, I would love to hear from you. Let's do this, ladies. Let's change the way the world views osteoporosis and slow down, stop, or reverse our bone loss, take charge, and show other ladies what is possible. Thank you so much for joining me.